What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, and if you are looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, we suggest Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. With five unique schools featuring a wide menu of degrees, Swibbits will equip you to serve in a variety of ministry contexts. Whether you're just beginning your journey or have decades of experience, Southwestern Seminary will encourage you to love God with all you are and will equip you to serve God wherever He calls. Learn more at swibbits.edu forward slash admissions. And you know what excites me as much as what God is doing at Southwestern Seminary? Today's opening day. Woo! Yes. Today is opening day. We're recording this on Thursday. And so before we dig into our topic, we're briefly going to give our absolutely ignorant baseball takes for the year and what we believe is going to shape out to be, shake out to be a a good year for the Rangers, a pretty good year for the Mariners, a wonderful year for the Astros, and I think we will both be happy if the Yankees don't even make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that, I, think, I think the Angels have peaked. You know, the, the Angels had two guys in the World Baseball Classic Championship, and uh, that's good. Good job, Angels. Way to go. Yeah. Well done. Good and faithful <laughs> stellar dwellers, whatever you call it. Anyway, uh, real, real quick. So the AL East, you've got the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles, Rays, Yankees. Who do you think is going to be first place out of the AL East? The AL East. You know what? I, I'm I'm in for the Blue Jays. You know, they've got okay. Vlad Jr. They've got Kevin Biggio. Um, Great name. They've got Dante Bichette Jr. Yep. 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 I'm, so I'm in I, for the. I'm in for I, the Blue Jays. I'm going to I'm going to agree and give you a sleeper pick of the Orioles. In second place, Ooh, Orioles right. in second place, Yankees. I hope are in last place, but will probably be third. And probably or, Orioles sneak in with a wild card. Is that what you think? I, I mean, that's what second I place doesn't automatically get in. All right. I think it's very possible. The Central, cool. you've got the Royals, the artists formerly known as the Indians, known as the Guardians, now Twins, White Sox, and Tigers. And dude, if there's one division I know nothing about, it's the AL Central. So, uh, who you got winning that one? So I'll go. Um, it's it's been a while. They 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 need some uh, they they need some good press. So let's go with the Royals. Okay, Royals. All right. Uh, I got <laughs> nothing. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say the White Sox because I like their City Connect jersey. Um, that's All that's right. good enough for another you know ten or fifteen wins for them in my book. Uh, AL West. No shocker here. I'm going to go Astros, Mariners. Rangers, Ooh, right. and then a toss-up for last place. Which one the ace? The Mariners, yeah. So right. here, but I will be a little more specific. The Mariners are going to be in first at the end of April. They're going to be crowning themselves champions and everything else, thinking this is the year we finally made it. The Rangers might even be in second at that point, certainly very close with the Astros. Then the Astros start getting their players back, we get a good feel for our rotation. We lost Verlander, Verlander, but we had a six-man rotation last year, so we've really just removed kind of the top piece of that. 
I think Altuve comes back. We start climbing through the rankings, and I will say we are going to finish the season with 107 wins. Whoa. All right. That is very ambitious. Yep. Very um, ambitious. That is what you right. call a homer pick. <laughs> so. Okay. So, so, so I may shock some people here. Um, I think the Rangers have a really, really good shot. I think they finish in second and get a wild card spot. Um, okay. I think no, so. As, I would, as much as it pains me, I think the Astros win the division, um, unless like Altuve's left leg falls off or something. Yeah, I mean, so, there's just there, there's no way. Here, here's um, what's funny though. So I, I think the Rangers finished in second if if they stay healthy. If, yeah. if pitchers stay healthy, Rangers can make a push for first. But I think they finish in second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only the only reason I wouldn't be high on that. Is is the Mariners are a great team already, and they improved a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the Rangers were a pretty mediocre team that improved a lot. So I think that could kind of shake yeah. out a little bit. It's true. But it's also funny when I look at some of the different fan Twitter feeds and so forth. Like, what's a successful year for you beating the Astros? Like that, yeah. that's 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 so, mark of success right now. We're not worried but, about. A world but I will say this, and and system. and you know this too. The most important thing for the Rangers is to stay close throughout the season, and then, like, after the All Star break, just get hot. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, as you well know, it, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it. Playoffs. I mean, all bets are off, and I mean, you can have a wild card team run the table. Um, and uh, I mean, that's it. Just get in the playoffs, and then you know, I, I think whoever has the momentum going into October has a real shot. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see. I mean, I this is the best I've felt about the Rangers in a long time. You know, so felt better last year, but um, I mean, they they finally shored up their rotation, and I mean, boy, one if, one if Jacob Degrom stays yeah. healthy. Speaking of one final pick, over or under ten games for Degrom? Oh, over. Okay. Over. All right. I'm, I'm being I'm being I'm being very optimistic that he that he stays healthy and is a true ace this year. All right. Well, so into the league that nobody cares about except Bart. National League. Let's just give our picks real quick. Marlins, Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies. I'm going to go Braves on that one. Met I'll go Braves as well. A very close second. I think that's going to be a back yeah. and forth battle there. Uh, but I'm going to say the Braves. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'll go Braves as well. Okay, the National League Central: uh, Reds, Brewers, Cardinals, Pirates, Cubs. I'm going to give the Cardinals that one as much as it pains me to see any happiness from Bart Barber. He deserves a little bit. Um, so I'll say the so Cards. I, I, I will never not root against the Cubbies. So just to just yep, go go Cubs, go. All right, and then the uh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Giants, Rockies, and Padres for the NL West. Padres. I'm still in on the. Uh, oh, okay. I'm still in on Dodgers. Yeah, I'm not. Clay, uh, so Clayton I'm Kershaw. All right. Uh, nobody cares about any of that. I don't know how long that took. Hopefully, people fast forwarded. But you know what? There are churches that die, uh, but there is a podcast that will not. Specifically, this series that we have on why churches die, on the episode series that will not die, no matter how hard we try, we come today with part number eight, Ocho, 
Uh, I know that number very well because one of my favorite players in football was Chad Ochocinco. <laughs> and so, oh, okay. Ocho, part oh, eight, eight, why five, churches eight, die. We continue this wonderful thing. They vote to keep the peace and their preferences. Did a little alliteration there, Kyle. I'm, I'm kind of proud because one of the last kind of those final breaths of a dying church, declining church, is, is that church begins to make all of their decisions not about ministry effectiveness or advancing the kingdom, reaching the community, any of that kind of forward thinking, thinking stuff. They start to base all of their decisions on, on ultimately whether they can keep the peace, keep people happy. And so it becomes much more inward focused instead of outward focused. And uh, that's very similar, as you point out in your article, to hospice care. At the end of somebody's life, is there on hospice like my dad? Uh, it was all about making him comfortable, you know, make sure they don't have any pain, that they can ultimately pass away easy. And so this is when the pastor kind of largely becomes the chaplain. Um, he's just, you know, there to kind of make people happy, you know, and, and just sort of ride it to the end. And uh, that's ultimately what what happens. And you point out Revelation 3, verses 15 and 16. Uh, from the letter to the church in Laodicea, uh, where it says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, speaking of, I had coffee like this this morning, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Very direct words. And uh, and I think it comes to the point. So let's talk about that, Kyle. Uh, why churches die? Part eight, they vote to keep the peace in their preferences and move inwardly focused and not outwardly. Let's talk. Go for it, Kyle. Yeah, at this point, the church is almost exclusively inward focused. It, d- decisions are not made based on are not made based on what will reach the community, what will help share the gospel with a lost and dying world. Decisions are made based on we like that. This makes us feel comfortable, um, and so two things happen. When, when you've reached this stage. Uh, the first one is that mission is diminished um, be, because they're, they're, they're no longer focused on reaching their community because that might require change and change would be uncomfortable. Um, so when, when you get into the stage, even small, seemingly small changes, we need to change the carpet in the sanctuary. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Hey, we, we might move from pews to to chairs because the pews are worn. Oh no, you can't do that. We can't, you know? And and so even, even those eternally insignificant things, um, seem like a threat because it's uncomfortable. It changes something. And, and this is when, um, even, I mean, longstanding programs like vacation Bible school, maybe other outreaches that the church has done. Um, and because it's too much work, we're too tired, um, and no one comes anyway. Yeah. So it's it, they they stop asking how can we reach our community, and it's how can we be comfortable. Yes, and you you gave us a mini listicle because uh, there's just two points, like a good sermon, only two points. Uh, so number one of the tough realities that we need to face is is when this happens when you're focusing on only keeping the peace rather than uh, you know, reaching the loss and all of that kind of stuff. The obvious, you know, correlation to that is mission is diminished. 
that's what happens when a church exists and votes to just keep the peace in their preferences and no longer try and reach their community because that would require change. And you touched on this with the seats, with, you know, maybe hymnals, maybe whatever it might be. Um, that's uh, you even point out the uh, the coffee into the sanctuary. I remember this was a major issue at a yeah. church that I served. And I was so thankful for something that I think it was Mark Clifton that said, have you ever seen like a floating cup of coffee? Yeah, that's right. No, it is it, it's always attached to somebody's hand. And that is somebody that Jesus died for and loved and, and is a part of yeah. your, your church. And so obviously we want to maybe take steps to clean the carpet, all that kind of stuff and, and whatever, but, you know, have lids for your coffee for crying out loud. Um, that's not much more of an expense. Uh, but we start focusing on that kind of stuff, the negative Nancy's and everything else, and uh, admission ends up getting diminished. You you touched on this, so expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, again, as I said, it's you're no longer focusing outward on the community. How do we reach them? It's how are we? How do we make ourselves happy? How do we make ourselves comfortable? That's that's really the only concern when you've reached this point. They might say, oh, sure. What you'll hear is we want more people here. Um, and we want to do things that will get more people here, but there's not, you don't hear the desire to reach the community. What you hear is we want people to come in and attend and give and keep things exactly the way they are. Yeah. We, we, we want it to be, we, we, we want this to be just like it was 30 years ago we just want more people in the room now. Um, and that's that's really the, the the focus. Yeah. Yep. And then number two, accordingly, is the gospel is marginalized. You point out that the message of the gospel is that God has radically transformed us by forgiving our sins in Christ and sanctifying us by the Holy Spirit. Loved how you tied in the Trinity there. Uh, but when a church exists only for the comfort of those that attend, the message of gospel transformation is marginalized at best or completely and totally lost it at worst. And uh, so in this case, the church is no longer declaring the power and the gospel to its neighborhood and, and the lost and dying around it. Instead, it's declaring to a lost and dying world that the folks in the church don't really care about the eternal destiny of their neighbors. What a hard, harsh, and hateful line that you put in your article that is so incredibly <laughs> true. It's, it's a hard yeah. truth that we need to stomach because when this happens, that's ultimately what occurs. Kyle, talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, the message of the gospel is a message of change, right? Radical change. You've been brought from death to life. You've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of the, the eternal son in Colossians. So, I mean, that's, that's change. That's big change. And so if, if we're going to be about the gospel, that's going to require change, right? Repentance requires change. Um, and and a church that is being transformed by the gospel, a church where its people are being transformed by the gospel, will consistently be repenting. You'll see life transformation. And and that can get messy, right? I mean, that's that's not comfortable. Um, because when when you start seeing sinners saved, um it it I mean, sometimes it gets a little, you hear bad words in church sometimes, right? And that, that can get a little uncomfortable. I mean, never, never happened before, right? So, it, yeah, it, and, 
I know it's a harsh statement, but I really believe it. When when a church stops caring about its community, when they turn inwardly focused, what you're saying is we don't care about you. Yeah. We we don't care about your eternal salvation. We care that you're in our doors and giving money to help keep this thing running. We don't care whether or not the gospel is transforming your life. Yep. And uh, so to land the plane here, kind of your so what is if you find yourself in this position and, and you realize that this is kind of the direction you have taken, uh, what is repentance, Kyle? Is it a 360 degree turn or is it a what? It's a 180 degree it's a turn. 180 degree turn. You're going one direction. You need to turn around and go the other. In other words, repent. Yep. You know, ultimately apply the the same gospel that we are to declare to a lost and dying world to to the saved and say this is an area that we need to address, turn from, and go the other direction from. Yeah. And uh, and so you know that was Jesus's call to repent and uh, and yeah. to let him in was initially given to the believers in Revelation three yes. nineteen and twenty. And so keep that in mind. Call your own people and yourself to repent. And uh, because you point out that uh, true revival happens when God's people get right with God. And, uh, and so yep. if you find yourself in a situation where you're focusing only on your own comfort and preferences, repent. There's always going to be some area of your life that is in need of kind of that gospel application. And then also in your church, with grace, with truth, with salt, with everything else, you also need to be faithful to call your people. Um, to repent uh, from choosing their own comfort and preferences and so forth over ultimately reaching a lost and dying world. Preferences do matter. You know, these these things matter to folks. We, they love hymns because there's theological truth in them. If they love hymns because that's just the way we've always done it, that's a different thing, uh, right? If, if we realize that maybe in our context and everything else that we need to consider adding in some other songs that would still be rich, Theological, uh, theologically, and uh, but also engage the community a little bit more in a better context. And we choose not to because we like it the way we've always done it. That's a problem. You got to repent from that and turn from that. And pastor, this is not going to be easy. If you're already just head long into this direction, it's very it's very tough to reverse course. But God, by His grace and by His Spirit's help, is able to ultimately right the ship of even the most declined church in. America. So we believe in you and are here for you. If this describes your local church, uh, Jesus still has a plan for you. It's not done uh, for you. Uh, you know, Mark Clifton writes about that in, in Reclaiming Glory, um, right, and, and how we can write that ship. And so uh, he can still use the body gathered in your, your building, but maybe it's going to be some repentance around some wrong attitudes and actions and a return to him. And then maybe, just maybe, you will see revival. Kyle, any final thoughts before you send us out? No, I, I, I would just encourage, um, you know, I don't, don't think it's too late for, for most churches. Um, I think there's still hope. Um, now, there comes a point where, I mean, you dwindle down to a certain amount of people and there's no, no desire that, that the church in its current form can't go on. But for most churches, if you will repent, and if you will seek to reach your community, there is hope. We have all kinds of resources, churchreplanners.com. As you already mentioned, Reclaiming Glory, Flickering Lamps by uh, Henry and Richard Blackaby. Um, 
great resources to help get your thinking as a pastor that way and um, help get your people thinking that way. And replanting rural churches. That's like yes, that's right. Top of the top. That's there's right. there's that book, and then all these others. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, not another heresy might not be so helpful, but the rest of them be. unless you need to lift up your pulpit a little bit to get a better line of sight. Um, <laughs> uh, all is good for in a doorstop. Uh, but we love you guys. One one final little pick. Kyle, in three seconds or less, who wins a World Series? Three, two. Texas Rangers, baby. They make the playoffs. They get on a hot streak. Okay. Mine's going to be the Astros against the Braves in shock. All right. I'm shocked by that. Shocked. By Rangers that. in four. They, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rangers sweep. <laughs> sweep the postseason. What's wrong with you people? <laughs>